Sheffield, not a great kick. Pressure on, well done, Pendlebury. Really building here, Pendlebury. Good kick to four forward. He's got Swanee, and Swanee's got a goal. And Collingwood, centimetre by centimetre, into way back. Physically imposed himself. Thomas off a step. Hooker got a bad bounce. Swan, chance here. He can run this, Swanee. He's going to watch. He's back and take them on. Gets to the pocket. And yes, he does. Oh, that was huge. Well, this is superb. And Kyle Hooker has featured a couple of times from that flank, and he won't be liking it. <laughs> we just have to see whether he's okay and when he's okay. Swan, Pendlebury, Swan, bursting through Swanee, he's kicked his third, he's made a difference in the Premiership quarter. So real chance here for Collingwood, ball well done, terrific tackle coming from the Swanee's got four. The winner of the Anzac Day medal is Dane Swan. Welcome back to the Dr. Supercoach podcast. We're on to our final week's podcast. We've got a bit of a group thing happening here. We've all got our shirts off on the Skype call. We've got Pistol, JB, Geary. How are we, lads? Yeah, great, guys. Very, very good. Glad to be here. Looking forward to uh, the big the big one, the ending end of season pod. Yeah, yeah. so uh, are you still tumbling ranks there, Pistol? I, I just thought we, we better do the little check there to see how things are going. Everyone's uh, wondering what's happening. Uh, I did have a minor fall. I actually fell 19 spots, which is kind of impressive at how small it was. Jeez, I was um, expecting 19,000. <laughs> Slown out this week, so an extra donut. So, yeah, here we go. Yeah, no, that's unlucky. How was your week, George? Oh, I'm still laughing at the fact that Pete's just racking up donuts. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm doing okay. I dropped a little bit in the ranking and I'm out of most of my prelims, but I just had an epiphany and just remembered that Supercoach is a horrible game anyway and I don't ever plan on playing it again and that's about it for me. You need a lot of luck in this game and one of the things that uh, helps you with your luck if you, you hold trades, is that something that you did there, Geary? Um... <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, I held them for most of the season. Like, I think I got to about round 20 when I finished, when I uh, popped my last trade. Um, still has 12. Pardon? He still has 12 trades going into yeah. the final week. Banking them <laughs> yeah. for next year. Yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, going to write a letter to um, Supercoach and hopefully they'll let me transfer my uh, accumulated trades from this season. So I go in with a nice, healthy advantage. Well, he I would think... still run in the trades with that advantage. <laughs> <laughs> Pete's the person that runs out of trades in AFL Fantasy. I've, uh, I managed to do that about three weeks ago. Um, it hasn't been a good three weeks. Copping lots of donuts there as well. So, yeah, strugg- struggling all over the place. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a, a sad week. One of the uh, probably the greatest 
uh, super coach or fantasy football player in general has just uh, retired in Dane Swan. I know that hurts a lot there for you, Pistol. Yeah, it's uh, definitely a sore point. He's been a legend for pretty much his whole career and just, yeah, it's going to be sad not having him on the list next season. He's an absolute yeah. legend. I, I remember the, uh, I think it was like the uh, one of the before the game um, committees where he was sitting there and he he met Miranda Kerr during the week with Alan Didak and they, they asked him if it was one of the highlights highlights of the year and he said, yeah, it probably is for her. <laughs> classic, He's had classic uh, lots, of, lots of good calls over his career. I mean, oh, I've uh, got to love something. During the, uh, the 2010, mean, the 2014 seasons, he played uh, 111 matches and he averaged 31 touches a game over those 111 matches. That's just absolutely phenomenal. Yeah, it's insane. He actually never even cracked the 200 supercoach mark, though, which is a fun fact. You'd think somebody of his caliber would have at least done it once. But uh, alas, his high score was only, I say only, 190. Only. When did he score that? Uh, he scored that in round 17, 2010 against Richmond. And it wasn't even a particularly special game. Up 37 touches and uh, two goals. But other than that, nothing particularly brilliant, considering 37 was almost his average that season. So, yeah, just must have uh, done it to get us over the line. Yeah, absolute gun. Uh, it's going to be uh, one of the exciting things for Supercoach for me is uh, trying to pick who's going to be the next Dane Swan of the, the next generation. There, there's quite a few candidates at the moment, George. You, who would be your bet that's going to turn into a, just a fantasy beast in the next couple of years? Well, I mean, Dangerfield's still young and he's already started his reign, so it's hard to look past him. But there's so many players putting their hands up, like Bonsampelli and Fife and... I mean, even you look at the younger generation, and I don't want to give you early excitement here, Chizo, but even Darcy Parrish could uh, take the torch. Yeah, I, I think uh, I think we were, we were talking last week, uh, since Darcy's going to get his forward eligibility this year, he's just going to do a five and come out and average 100 in his second season. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no doubt. That's a lock. <laughs> lock it in. Or if, uh, you know, Brad Crouch can actually stay on the park, he might be... Uh, oh, don't get me started well. on Brad Crouch, <laughs> he might feature. Uh -oh. He might feature in one of our uh, awards that we're going to be running through uh, later in the podcast. Uh, we might as well jump into some AFL news that we've got here. We've got the big news that Nick Nat has done his ACL. And uh, because it's at the end of the season, it basically means he's missing the entire 200, uh, 2017 season. The only positive thing out of this is that he's going to be cheap for 2018, but... It's just really sad for Nick Nat, and I mean, I had him in my team to start the season, and he was like amazing until he got injured. But um, just it's been injury after injury for someone who doesn't generally get injured like this. So, um, 2018 for Nick Nat, and I mean, he'll be super good relevant then. So, relevant to the start like set maybe. I don't think so. No. No. <laughs> I, I, I don't. I, it doesn't matter whether Nick Nat's playing. Uh, missing an entire season, I'm not, I'm not sure that Lysette can actually uh, transform himself into someone that's decent, a decent pick. Yeah, no, no, I, no, I, I picked him this year, but um, yeah, let's just keep that one quiet, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> with, with the emergence of Gorn and Grundy and Goldstein, there's enough Ruckman that you don't really need to gamble on somebody like Lysette. Yeah, it's exactly right. The emergence of Goldstein this year was just phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> The, uh, the other big news this week, the MRP news, uh, one of the uh, Brownlow medalist uh, favourites, Rory Sloan, um, copped a bit of a slap on the wrist for uh, his slap around the noggin. Uh, so it's leaving a few coaches with, uh, especially low on trades, a struggle streak coming into the what is potentially the grand final. Geary, are you one that has the, uh, the, the Sloan Ranger? Yeah, I've got um, Rory Sloan at the moment, but um, I can't. I can uh, replace him quite easily, even without trades. I mean, I've got Daniel Rich sitting in my midfield at the moment. So, yeah, I can cover him with about a 50. <laughs> in, that, in that case, would it, would it just be uh, better on your conscience just leaving uh, the Sloan on the field and having uh, Rich just as a, an emergency? That way you still get his score, but you just don't have to uh, have the emotional drag of actually putting Rich on the field for Rory Sloan. Yeah, I think, uh, I think you've nailed it, Chizo. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, look, it, it hurts. It hurts. It hurts having to say it, but um, I think you might as well just uh, not even look and just you know not even look throughout the weekend and you know Monday morning to see how you went and say, oh yeah, you know, Rich scored sixty. Didn't expect more. Didn't expect less. 
Yeah, um, and it's been a, a bit of a disappointing season for Rich, but what we might do is we might uh, throw to each one of you and we're going to put up a uh, replacement for Sloan. Obviously, the last round you can do a little bit more fixture matching as well, but I'll throw to you, Pistol, first. If you did have trades, huh, uh, who would you be trading Sloan out of your side for? I'd probably go with uh, Locking Neal, I'm going to say, in uh, the Pavlich farewell game for uh, Freo. I think they're going to lift to rise to the occasion and I think Neil will coming off his massive score last week will continue the trend into the last game and hopefully get some of you over the line in your grand final yeah it'll be uh, particularly interesting because it's the last game of the round so um, you would definitely have to wait until right at the end to see and then you're you're double double crossing uh, every finger and toe you have that he's going to come out with a big score because not only is he your trade-in for Sloan uh, but you're also already hoping that he's going to get you over the line um, if it's close in the grand final so um, Jordan who would you put in for Sloan there mate? Well I've got a little bit of bias with this pick but um, since picking Jack Stephen although he's had a couple of down games he whipped out 150 for me and against Brisbane I think he's a big danger to do the same again and um, being the games in Eddie Had Stadium, which he, he tends to run amok in, um, I'd back him in to do something similar this week as well. And you only need him for the one week, so consistency isn't an issue. Um, he'd be my number one pick, I reckon. Yeah, interesting uh, that he would come up against Brisbane. He's only averaging 87 in his last five and only 70 in his last three. Uh, but final round against Brisbane, Eddie Had Stadium, where he loves it, you'd expect him to just go absolutely bananas. Um, uh, Geary... Your Sloan Ranger trade, who would you put in there for us? Um, if I had a trade left, I'd say Bryce Gibbs um, up against Essendon this week. Uh, Bryce Gibbs generally just goes off the charts when his team's uh, looking like they're going to win. And I think it's going to be no different uh, this Saturday afternoon. You stole my thunder, mate. You absolutely stole it. Oh, uh, so sorry. <laughs> Uh, obviously, I'm not going to suggest uh, danger in any way. Only re- averaging 110 over his last three, so uh, as as always, as always, not necessary. Um, thinking about fixtures, I love uh, the Bont. Uh, Pistol said it before the pod. The Bont is who you want to bring in. Uh, I can see him just going absolutely bananas. Yeah, I think it's a fantastic pick. Uh, I was leaving him for one of you guys, but then none of you said it, so I was starting to panic. But <laughs> glad glad you did, Chizo. So thanks for doing that. I think, can't I think the Bont's. All right, I've got one more question just off the cuff. In the next five years, out of these guys, who do you think has the better chance of winning a Brownlow? We've got Darcy Parrish, we've got Callum Mills, Bont, uh, Paddy Cripps, and we'll put in Adam, Adam Trelaw, someone who's just a little bit older than that group. Oh, that is a tough question. There's a lot of good options. I think it's going to be, I think the easy answer is Bont, but... To set to, to pick the the other player probably Cripps I think is uh, gonna get close one day. Yeah, you sure you you know you've picked forty percent of the answers I've given you there, mate. You want you want to pick another <laughs> one? Uh, Trelaw's a decent chance as well, depending on some Collingwood fixtures, and uh, I think that's it for the options. No other one's gonna gonna make it. Yeah, George, who do you think out of that is going to get anywhere close? Um, well. I think it's a pretty easy decision for me because Bonson Pelly might actually get close this year, so. Um, if he's already getting close and polling more than 20 votes, then I think it's only a matter of time before he, um, the Bulldogs win a certain amount of games and he's the key factor in those and polls as many to, to win the, to the medal. That's probably how it works. So, um, yeah, Bont would be my pick. Yeah, I don't know. We've been discussing it lately that he uh, might be some chance to get DPP. Could he, uh, you know, say next year, uh, next year could be the, uh, the first Brownlow winner uh, as a forward in the last 10 years? Oh, I'd love it. I'd love <laughs> if he got the PP status. Oh. It'd be number one, two, and three picked three. in my team. But, yeah. Um, yeah, it's just how unlikely is it, unfortunately. Yeah, particularly when on draft leagues, you, you pick him up in the, the forward line in the top ten. It's just ridiculous. Oh, my gosh. It's, yeah. That's actually making me drool a little bit thinking about it. <laughs> All right, Geary, I'm going to throw uh, the change the question a little bit on you. If you had to pick yeah. anyone in the next five years, you can't pick uh, anyone over the age of 25, so no, no dangers or anything like that. Who would be oh. uh, your next Brownlow medalist after danger? After danger? Oh, no one over the age of 25, you say? Yeah, got to be, got to be a youngster. Got to be someone that's still trending upwards on that bell curve. Oh, I'm, I'm pretty hot on Patrick Cripps at the moment. Um, I was also pretty... 
Yeah, I'm talking about the the Brownlow, mate. I don't don't want to know about your your private life. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, yeah, no fantasies, mate. Come on. Oh, sorry, guys. It's fantasy um, football, Gary. I just want to make that clear. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot the football bit. Um, yeah, um, Darcy Parish as well, but I'd like uh, you to deal with that one, Chizo. Um, I'm pretty sure you've got a good five minutes to talk about that. Yeah, um, I'm not sure anyone has enough time to listen to the podcast if I start talking about Darcy. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, Patrick Cripps, I reckon um, he's just going to keep improving. Um, Bont as well. Oh, Jesus, I'm turning into Pete. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, you can't really go past those two. Um, they're just uh, excellent players, and I'm pretty sure they're each going to win one. Yeah, they're going to be duking it out for years to come. We're getting into the exciting part of the podcast here, guys. It's one of the main reasons that we're having a bit of a group thing tonight uh, for the first time actually recording it, uh, not on video camera. Uh, We're going to go through the awards ceremony that we've got. We've got uh, a few different awards we're going to run through for our Supercoach year. year. Um, The first one off being the best first player uh, first player this year, and we've called that one the Darcy Parish Award. I wonder if Chizo had a handle on that. Doubt it. <laughs> we'll go to you, Pete. Who is uh, the best first-year Supercoach player for you? I think probably over consistency over the whole season, I'm going to go with uh, Callum Mills from Sydney, averaging 77, which is slightly higher than I think most of the other first-year players besides... Well, ones that have played above a dozen games. So he's been consistent. If you held him this long, he's been somewhat decent cover as well. So, yeah, I'm going to go with him. Do you agree with that that one there, JB? You'd have Mills as your best rookie this year? Couldn't disagree more. I reckon when you're considering your best rookie, considering price as well, I don't think you can look anywhere further than Tip and Woody, who started at the basement price offered us dual position and when it looked like everyone else was capping out and he was too, he found a second win and was able to help us through the second half of the season a lot as well. So um, he's probably my my best rookie by far. Yeah, I, I think the added benefit for him, one, being so cheap, two, that he played so many games, um, had, it was quite consistent and the fact that you could switch, uh, switch in between the defence and forward that um, most people did at some point during the year, I think gets him over the line as probably the best first-year player amongst the group. Um, Geary, I'll chuck you to the, the second award. We've got the Jack Sparrow Award uh, for the best yeah. captain score this year. I think this uh, there's been a couple good scores this year, but it can't go past this one bloke, can it? Yeah, no, nah, I can't. Um, Patrick Dangerfield, I mean, could it be anyone else? Uh, he scored, what was it, a 229 against North Melbourne in round 12. Um, and I'm pretty sure every bloke that had... Uh, Danger had him captain that week, and yeah, it was just fantastic. Bloody hell, it was. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, okay, we'll jump to the second award. <laughs> uh, we, we've got this one, uh, it's actually named after JB. We've got the Buy Curious Award for the best DPP oh, no. of the year, and there's been some uh, little bit of back and forth about deciding who it was going to be. Pistol, who would you choose for the best DPP this year? I'm going to run with uh, Dustin Martin just because I know it's probably a little bit unpopular around these parts. He's averaged 109 as a forward, tailed off a little bit in the uh, last week or so, maybe maybe let you down for finals, which is unfortunate. But throughout the whole season, getting you the wins on the board, getting you to finals in the first place, uh, 109 for a forward is just insane. What more could you want, really? Maybe maybe one more point. And the, 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 the uh, particular... Um, thing with Martin is he had such a poor start to the year and uh, there were people trading him out left, right and centre up until round five, something like that. Um, the, the fact that he's bounced back and averaged a 109.1 is just uh, absolutely perfect for, for those that have him. Um, we'll jump to you, JB. Your best DP for the year. Are you going to go against um, Pistol there again? Yeah, I will actually. I, I like arguing with Pete, but... Um... <laughs> For my best by Curious Award, um, I've gone Daniel Wells just for, once again, the price that he started at and the productivity that he supplied so early on in the season. And, I mean, most people jumped off when he got injured for the first time. So, I mean, it it didn't burn too many people on the other end. But um, just 
the amount that he produced and the money that he made to start the season was exceptional. Yeah, um, he he was a great pick, and uh, I think uh, when we did the calculations not that long ago, he was the he made the second most money uh, out of all players this year at his his maximum price. I think he he got up Correct. to about five fifty uh, k there, and if you traded him out at the perfect time, just as he was about to uh, have his, his second injury layoff, he was just a, a cash bonus. Uh, we'll jump yeah, to you, Geary. Geary, are you yeah. in favour with what we've put up for the DPP award so far, or have you got one of your own? Um, I've got one of my own. Um, I've got Zach Merritt to throw in there. Um, it's kind of embarrassing when I think about it, actually, because um, he's had a great year all year. Like, hasn't really dropped off, hasn't had any real bad scores. And, like, on the pods throughout the year, especially, like, with uh, me and Jordan on Monday nights, we're just like, yeah, don't get merit, don't get merit, don't get merit. <laughs> but, you know, um, it kind of got to the stage where um, final forward line upgrade is like, who do we get? Merit. I mean, you can't really go past him. He's proved to be a star this year, and I think he'll continue to be. Yeah, I think the Dons have really found one for someone that was a, a pick in the mid-20s. Um, he's scored the most points of any, mid, uh, any forward this year. He's got the highest average of any forward this year. Averaging 110 on the nose, which is absolutely brilliant. And he's also owned less than Zorko, Wells, and Martin, which makes him even slightly unique. So um, for the best DPP, I think uh, I'm going to give that one to Zach Merritt as my Essendon fan fandom just comes into effect there. Um, <laughs> we'll jump into the next award. It's only a flesh wound for those that follow uh, Monty Pythons. Uh, for the player that had to do so much for our teams whilst playing injured this year, and uh, Pete, do you have anyone that was continually in your side having to scrape through 70s and 80s on a weekly basis knowing that he was injured and you just wish he would just take one week off that you could cover him with someone <laughs> else and come back refreshed and start popping out those 120s again? There was someone someone special to me that managed to put me through a bit of misery early in the season while playing injured, but he, he came home hard and he's delivered big scores and that would uh, be Scott Pendlebury. Didn't start... Yeah like a house on fire he you know only his highest score in the first uh four weeks was only 110 which is a bit on the low side for pendles and as soon as he uh got over his little nagging, i think it was an ankle injury he just exploded and then averaged across like the next seven weeks he averaged about 130 so yeah it's got to be pendles yeah he, yeah he had those uh, that rib injury as well where they had him playing across half back and the, the Pies didn't really know what was going on and they didn't have anyone to extract it for him. Um, and to be averaging 119 by year's end after his slow start to the year is just a, a real testament to the, the super coach beast that Scotty Pendlebury is. Uh, yeah, we'll jump, uh, unbelievable. Yeah, we'll jump to you, JB. Um, any, any players that really, their injury-affected games really started to uh, play on your mind when you were selecting your teams each week? Well, Pete stole my uh, answer. I was going to say Pendlebury as well, even though I don't own him. Um, I didn't really have a backup answer because I thought I'd, I'd found a little I'll, I'll, I'll jump in. Yeah. I'll jump in one, one of mine. Todd Goldstein. Go. He was the big ruckman that was going to. Uh, um, he was. You had to get him at 800k or whatever he was at the start here. He was just the bulletproof ruckman that couldn't be taken down by anyone. Didn't need any any backup. And just that that knee injury that it stuck with him for about, oh, I think it was like six or seven weeks, and he was putting up scores of 49, 83, scores that we, we just haven't seen him put up before. And uh, even though he, he bounced back with a 170 in round nine against Carlton, just the, the, the low numbers, the 83, 100, 99, 110, 93, 87, all in a row from someone that's supposed to be a perma-captain option. Yeah, very true. Very good point. Well, I've got another Ruckman to sh- uh, share with you blokes. Oh, I um, know who this could be. Yeah, uh, Stefan Martin, guys. Um, I picked him at the start of the season, and um, after his concussion against the Gold Coast, he's just, uh, it's like, I never expected, you know, 120s like uh, Toddy Goldstein, but these scores after his concussion were absolutely atrocious. 63, 69, 81, 119. 84, 48, 40, 69, 56. Like, <laughs> oh, Jesus. And, 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 and you imagine you, you would have had to have, uh, for some people would have had to put him as R1 in their team. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
it, it, it is just really distressful. It probably kept you up at night. Um. Oh, it did, because I'm thinking like, yeah, sh- should I make the trade and, you know, put myself out of my misery or um, save the trade? Because, like, you know, I've like over the last couple of seasons, you kind of learn that you can't just go blowing off trades for guys that um, are injured but aren't, you know, missing games. Like, and I didn't really have the cover for him either because... Uh, my R three was a was my loophole, so you kind of just have to cop it. Yeah, um, we'll jump into the next one. We got the Ferris Bueller Award for a player that many picked to to start the year, but uh, barely sh- uh, barely attended, barely showed his face. I'm going to throw one out to you straight away, Pistol Brad Crouch. I'm going to put my hand up and say <laughs> I was I was one of those coaches that went, you know, Brad Crouch is 300k. I don't care that he's been um, getting drunk at the V8s and he's been sent back to the knee. I don't, I don't care that he's got this injury and that injury and he's playing with a, a roll of duct tape holding him together. I'm just going to pick him up, whack him in the midfield, and he's going to score hundreds. I don't have to worry about him. I'll put my hand up or use someone else that had to, to start with Brad Crouch. No, unfortunately, I fell into the Brad Crouch trap, but I also fell into the Jesse Lonigan trap, who I'd like to nominate for the award, just purely because he... Came in, promised in the NAB Cup. I think he popped out uh, two tons and a 50 in less than half game time. Turns up to the season and waddled towards maybe <laughs> getting 70s on a good day. Yeah, it was very disappointing um, considering that he was the highest uh, super coach point per minute player in the NAB Cup and uh, came into the season and just basically sputtered it up. And that's why he's the award winner. (laughs) (laughs) George, do you have anyone, the the Ferris Bueller Award that uh, you you picked in your team, but um, really his his real potential rarely showed up? I um, I have one and a half nominations for this. Firstly (laughs) is uh, Sheridan, because he just, every year it seems he he scores well in the preseason and people go, oh, he's only 300k, he's a different role now and he's floating around halfback, whatever the hell they say. Um, and he ends up pulling out 50s and 40s and 60s and 70s and whatever they are. So um, he fooled people again this year. And then my half a pick goes to Barlow, who was scoring stupid numbers in the NAB Cup and then started the season very poorly. But he at least made up for it in the end before inevitably getting injured, of course. Yeah. All right, we'll jump into the next one. We've got the Brangelina Award for the best duo from the same team you could have picked this year. Uh, Geary... Who were two guys from the same team that you could have picked in your Supercoach side that uh, would have taken home this award? Oh, well, I've uh, made the little uh, ship, shipping name for them as well. Um, Dangerwood. So uh, Dangerfield and uh, Joel Selwood. You, you made um, that, did you? Oh, okay. I, didn't, I, didn't, I don't think I made it myself, but uh, I've seen it thrown around. Yeah. So uh, I, I like the sound of it. Yeah, I, I think it works out quite well. I, I, I'm, I can see why you kind of ran with it there and tried to claim it for your own. Um, it, it, is, it is interesting. Uh, Danger, obviously the highest scoring player this year. Uh, Selwood having slightly a little bit of a down year, but he's still ranked in the top 10 for total points, uh, averaging 111 for the year, probably slightly down on his. Uh, Pistol, do you have anyone, any uh, other duos that you think could take the chocolates? Um, maybe they could rival the uh, Dangerwood combo. I'd like to suggest the uh, Panabri combo. Um, maybe I shouldn't create names because that was terrible. <laughs> but uh, Luke Luke Parker and Daniel Hanabri both did a pretty solid job this season. Uh, combined, they haven't missed a game. They've been solid. Um, yeah, just good players to put in your team to have for the whole season. Yep. Um, the third and fourth highest total for Supercoach points this year, Hanabri and Parker in that order. Um, I'm going to throw one. Fifth. Yeah. Oh, yes. Uh, after Gorn, um, I'm going to uh, throw one out for myself here. That I'm going to use my executive power, and I'm going to make these the best duo. The Brangelina Award goes to Cade Simpson and Sam Doherty for being the two highest defenders that you could have picked. And if you don't pick Hannah's, you can pick a Parker. There's nothing between them, kind of thing. But if you picked Sam Doherty and Simpson, not only would you have 109 and 106 averaging defender, it's clear daylight to the very next best. Yeah, that's that's a fair call. Very I, fair. Yeah. Simpson and Doherty. And the fact that uh, 
Heath Shaw was averaging near 120 halfway through the season. The fact he's only averaging 105 and he's dropped to third place now and he's only 440k is just uh, something you wouldn't have thought of. Uh, we'll jump into the next one. The uh, Forrest Gump Award for the player who improved the most this year due to the new interchange cap. Um, I kind of put this one in uh, just from some of my own thoughts um, but if you guys uh, have anything that um, any players jump to the top of your head, Pistol, do you have anything there that you can you can shout out for this one? Uh, probably not off the top of my head, but I guess I'm not I'm not quite sure if it's the exact reason of the interchange cup. But maybe Sam Kerridge coming across, changing teams, getting a lot of game time. Um, he definitely he was the he he raised the most amount of money for your teams out of all players in the whole of Supercoach if you trade him out at the right time. So probably carriage for me. Yeah, and I, I, I thought at the time Carlton trading out Troy Menzel, one of their you know their top tenors, um, absolute gun um, forward player, trading them out for basically chump change, and haven't they, haven't they uh, won that trade? Something ridiculous. I don't. He, he's just basically uh, not even playing reserves for the 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 Sample teams. Yeah, they, they definitely came out on top there, and Carriage looks like at least a solid player for their future. So, yeah, well done to them. Yeah, the reason that uh, I'm interested in this award, um, this player has been touted that he should have been one of the best in the competition by this stage. Um, he's only been hovering, uh, hovering in the, the high 70s, low 80s for many years, and this year he's had a 15-16-point uh, jump in his Supercoach scores, and he's known as an elite runner, that's Tom Scully there, Pistol. His, his last averages have gone 77, 79, 73, 78, 83, and this year he's almost putting up a ton. And everybody, you picked my boy, Pistol. I mean, yeah, Cheezer. Yeah, every, everybody, <laughs> uh, everybody knows he's just a, a running beast. And yeah. the, the numbers that he's putting up this year, Geary, um, is starting to get to a point where it's really displaying his number one pick status, don't you think? Yeah, um, I don't think anyone would have actually picked him in their side because, like, I think it's just crept up on all of us. It's only, like, I think a couple of weeks ago that I um, checked uh, um, Supercoach and, like, you know, you just see, oh, Tom Scully's averaging over 100. What's what's going on there? Like, it's, um, like, you wouldn't actually pick him, but it's really nice to see that improvement from a number one draft pick. Yeah, and he's been... I have a suggestion. You've got a suggestion. Go with it. Uh, um, I reckon, I mean, he's always been a good scorer, but the fact that Parker could go from the midfield and then just play a lot of time forward instead of going to the bench, and he, like, you saw it at the start of the year, the way he was scoring 120s, and he looked like he was just a, a player you had to get in. Um, I reckon the, the bench rules really helped him out and uh, boosted his average a little bit, even though he dropped off, but um, I reckon for the start of the season, at least, Parker was really benefit benefited by those rules. Yeah, see, he was one of those, uh, like Joel Selwood, who were coming from a bit of a down year, and you you had to try and probably only pick one of them to start the year with. Uh, he was the one to go because he, he just has so much forward potential. He takes just an absolutely beast-contested mark. He, he kicks a bunch of goals. He's a, a forward-pressing midfielder. Um, I think we're starting to see. Um, I, I always forget that he's still only 23 years old. Parker is still yeah, a, a young beast. Um, back to our Brownlow conversation, he might be one to watch out in the future. But, yeah, um, absolute winner there, JB. That's a, a really, really good point. And he probably actually knocks Tom Scully off um, his perch with that, uh, that you've pointed that out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> now, this one is one I'm not too proud of. This is the Black Hole Award, and it's not what you're thinking. It's for the player that sucks us in every year, <laughs> but we still trade them in. <laughs> Sucks us in every year, but we still trade them in. I'm going to start with this one off. I'm going to say Tom Rockliffe here, Pistol. Ah, that is a excellent call. I, unfortunately, I traded him in last season three times. In one <laughs> season. Um, so, you know, one too many. I started with him this year. When he got injured, I'm like, you know what? Enough's enough. I'm not going to bring him back. And, of course, he didn't get injured after that point and has been solid. But... Yeah, he's just one of those guys where you get him in and he's going to miss a game every now and then at the worst possible time and then you're done for. Yeah. Um, I, the start of last year, I remember round one, I started with him. I started with side bottom. 
Um, who else did I start with? I started with Gaz. I'm thinking this is an absolute oh. bulletproof mid- midfield. Three rounds in, I'm playing all of my rookies <laughs> off the bench and uh, I'm, I'm trying to figure out what sport I want to I go into next. Just for the last three years, Rockliffe have put up games of 18 games in the year, 16 games in the year, and then 16 games in the year. His scoring potential, that year the average 136 or something shocking off 21 games, just sucks me in every year to the point that when he got injured at the start of this year, I held him for like six or seven rounds until he came back because I knew, I knew that if I traded him out, he'd end, he'd end up coming back in. I didn't want to waste another trade there, Pistol. Yeah, I think that's definitely the award winner and we probably should just move on. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we've got the Josh Bootsmer Award for the biggest flirt to our Supercoach teams. JB, who was a player that just showed you that little bit and you thought, this guy's going to be all right, and you brought him in only for him to flop as soon as you got him? Um, I've got a bit of a funny answer here. <laughs> <laughs> I've, got, I've got a rock lift for my answer. <laughs> <laughs> no. The way that he comes in and then he just gets injured, and you know, you said to yourself, you know how high he can score, and then he just gets injured. And that really came out wrong, but Rockcliffe is the answer for me. Yeah, yeah. I'm, wait, I have to interrupt Chizo because he's telling a bit of a fib here. I know who the answer is for uh, JB, and it's actually, uh, I know he doesn't want me to say, but it's actually uh, Mr. Shawnee Higgins. Mate, don't uh, say that name. Don't say that name. On the- <laughs> <laughs> that's a no-go zone. Oh, Look, that's fantastic. He got injured. Sean Higgins get injured every year. You got lucky last year. You're not going to get lucky lucky again. Geary, do you have yeah, any? Uh, Geary, do you have anyone yep. that flirted with you this year? Um, not so much flirted. Uh, like I knew he was always going to be in my team, but um, I always teased the idea that um, he's going to be a keeper for me, and that was uh, Libba. Um, yeah. Um, I was like, when I picked him at the start of the season, I'm like, yeah, he's someone who's going to average, you know, uh, something close to or around 110. I was probably a bit ambitious, but he always um, had that game where he always had a game where he'd score um, over 100. I'm thinking, oh, this is grass. But, um, yeah, towards the end, I kind of uh, had to uh, let go of the fact that I'll, I had to let go of the fact that um, he wasn't going to be in my side uh, throughout the whole year. Um, and it was kind of painful as well because I reckon he does have the potential to be a pre- like a permanent premium midfielder. Yeah. All right. I'll, I'll put up. Uh, I'll put up my biggest flirt for the year. The Bo- uh, Josh Bootsmer Award for me goes to Aaron Hall. I didn't start Ooh. with him. I didn't start with him. And so I, so, oh. I I'm thinking to myself, you know, uh, Chizo, just just be chill. It's it's just a trap. It's a trap. You know. We'll see. First couple of rounds, he put up a couple of eighties, and you'll be ahead of head of the pack. So what does he do? Comes out one twenty nine. 124, 134, 114. And by this point, he's doubled his ownership from 20% to 40%. And every week, you're falling further and further behind the pack. So what do you do? You get him in. You get you get him in there, JB. You, you get in Hall. He's a sure thing. He's put up four massive tons, right? He's averaging 125.3 at this point. Then he comes out with a 90, a 76, a 95, 84, 68, 52, and 71 into the buys. And then gets injured. And then he gets injured. <laughs> and uh, right now, there's still 12.7% of teams that have him in there, and they're probably the guys that are just ghost chipping it. They're not actually logging in to see their teams because they just know it's a spud. <laughs> oh, poor Cheezo. Yeah, I know. Just... Let, let's let's just move on to the next one. Um, I've got the Michael Schofield Award for the best breakout of the year. Throwback to uh, Prison Break, one of the best TV shows ever made. Uh, Pistol, who's your Michael Schofield Award for this year, mate? I think this bloke's already been mentioned, but I think it still has to be Sam Kerridge. He was averaging basically nothing last year, up to 77 average, which is actually a bit poor because he at one stage he was averaging um, around 90 well, actually, for quite a while, he was averaging 90. Just the last few weeks, he's dropped off. But most people already got rid of him. And he, he reached a very high price um, for somebody that just started at 123k. Um, he made so much money. I think he peaked at 440. So, you know, he's, he made over 300,000, which is just enormous. And, yeah, I think he certainly took his game to the next level. Yep. Yeah. 
Uh, I totally agree with that one there. Uh, JB, who's your Michael Schofield award for us there, champion? Um, I know he was injured uh, quite a lot well, through the biggest chunk of the season, but um, the way Jason Johannesson came out and looked super dangerous to be uh, one of the top four backmen, and then even in the last few weeks he's done okay as well, his improvement has just gone through the roof. But um, even better than him would have to be Sam Doherty. Yeah, Sam Doherty is one that I had penciled in. Just absolutely blown the roof off. The last time that someone averaged like 110, other than uh, Heath Shaw, would have been way back when we had uh, Gibbs and Goddard to be able to choose in the back line there, don't you think? Yeah, definitely. And um, Deledio as well. Yeah. Um, All right there, Geary. Who's your breakout player this year, the Michael Schofield Award for you? Well, I had uh, Doherty penciled in as well. Um, Actually, more than penciled in, I probably had him tattooed in. Um... (laughs) Yeah, uh, um, but besides that, um, I reckon I say Rory Laird's probably cemented his spot as a premium defender. Like he probably, you'd probably say he broke out last year. He had a pretty good year last year, but I think he's uh, really established that this year. Yeah, and he's to- totally and agree now, with you that there. Um, yeah, I'll, so I'll, th- I'll throw out one that I think uh, along the similar lines has broken out already, but. Um, probably this year is the one that made us take a, a stand up and take notice. I'm going to put up uh, Jack Viney there, guys. Puts out 72, 74, and then 92. So he had that jump last year, but this year he's only had three scores below 70. So he's got that consistency that you want. He's put up 10 tons in his 20 games, and he's already had three games above 120. Um, with a, a massive nice. 140. So he's showing that ceiling. He's showing that consistency. He's still only 20, 21 years of age. Uh, and he's just uh, an absolute beast of a kid. Starting the year, he's only 178 centimetres, but he was 85 kilos at the start of the year. This guy, a couple more pre-seasons into him, he's just going to be an absolute beast. I mean, what, what are they calling him? The bull, because he just barges through every pack that he gets in. Okay. Uh, we'll jump into the Donald Trump Award for the biggest stain on the underpants of our super coach sides there, Pistol. Who was the biggest stain, the face of Donald Trump, just scratching up in there underneath the undies? Just who was your biggest stain for the year? Oh, it's this no-brainer. Actually, it's, it's a tough because there was that many shit players in my team. Um, but I think Daniel Rich probably takes the award oh. for me. He... He never quite got there. Uh, you know, he's averaging 85. He scores 100, then he scores 30. Then he scores 100, then he scores 30. And then you just don't know what you're going to get. You have sleepless nights. You're like, which Daniel Rich is going to turn up? It's It wasn't good. He's, it's terrible. And he was injured, and he spent times on the sidelines, and then he was getting tagged, and he was putting up uh, a 38, and he was putting up just absolutely horrific numbers. Um, I, I totally agree with that one. JB, who's your Donald Trump stain of the underpants of your side? I know I'm kind of breaking the rules in this whole give one person an award thing, but I've got a couple. Um, <laughs> my, my little disclaimer award goes to Menadu. The fact that he's still in my team is just baffling. <laughs> But, but I can't give him the award because he had to come on the field for me one day and he scored that 120 <laughs> odd. And so it was 132. I can tell you that because I yeah. lost my head to head in the Doctor Supercoach League by 11 points. <laughs> yeah, that- he 132. He was on my field too. 120. I still won the game, but no, he had to come out and just jack <laughs> off in my face, didn't he? But, but. My actual medal winner, and I've got this guy on my team still as well, is Tarsi McPherson. He is just stuck around. I don't know how he's still on my bench there, but he's still in my side, and I I can't even stand looking at his face. Yeah, it just uh, he I think he sucked everyone in, didn't he? He put up a, a seventy-seven and then a another sixty odd. And then just came out with a, a 44 and a, a busted leg. And he's actually playing Neeful right now. He put up 30 touches last weekend. It, it, wouldn't, it just be, wouldn't it just be the most fantastic thing for those that have uh, Rory Sloan and no trades and Darcy McPherson sitting there at M11 just to be able to come on and just get that 60 you never thought you'd get? Forget, forget having no trades. I would think about trading Sloan to McPherson if he's getting 30 <laughs> touches in the middle of the yeah. <laughs> Yeah, all right. I'm going to put up 
uh, my biggest stain, and then I'll shoot to you too, Geary. Just let me know if I've yeah. taken your stain. Biggest stain from my side this year was Michael Barlow. I chose him over Aaron Hall only to trade in Aaron Hall later and end up having to trade them both out because they were just useless. But but to, <laughs> but to start the year, I, I th- yeah, brilliant preseason. He's getting that infield inside role. He's not playing half forward. What happens? First game, 60, 60, 99, 81. And then you think everyone's jumping off. He's gone from an ownership of 36 percent to 19 percent then what does he come out with 128 134 backing up some massive tons only to get injured and spent out from the team and uh i i it's just absolutely ridiculous and i I spent sleepless nights having to decide whether i was going to trade him out on a week-to-week basis and he's the biggest i actually i still have barlow in my side (laughs) (laughs) but that's because you have no trades my friend Barlow is actually. But Barlow is my cover this week for Sloan. <laughs> Geary, who's your biggest stain, my friend? Oh, look, my biggest stain. I, I'm actually happy that I uh, dealt with my uh, underpants stain and did the laundry before it uh, got any worse. And um, mine was Toby Green. Um, right. He just started poor. And I'm just like, oh, crap. Because I missed out on Hall as well. So, um,. Uh, I missed out on Hall pretty early. So, uh, yeah, Toby Green was the underpants stain that I had to get rid of pretty quickly. He didn't turn out too badly in the end, but um, for the three weeks that I had him, he was uh, pretty shocking. Mate, I, I want to know your side. If you've got bloody Toby Green is the biggest stain of your year and he's running yeah, around for the Giants averaging 91, I, I just want to see the rest of your side. All right. Oh. <laughs> We've got the Bermuda Triangle guys, the players that uh, started off well, started the season, bit of Michael Barlow about this one, bit of Aaron Hall, but then disappeared without a trace. And I'm going to start Jared. straight away. Jared Waite, you said it right there. Jared Boom. Waite. No one else. There is nobody else on this list. It's all Jared Waite. Yeah. Would, would you I've, consider... got, I've got one as well. Uh-oh. Small small one. Not, not quite Jared Waite standard, but it certainly affected me in... Uh, potentially ruin my entire season, which was uh, Marcus Adams. I, I held him for his two-week injury. That's now dragged on to seven weeks. <laughs> he's Constant he's literally my bench off. cover. I have a back line that involves Suckling and McVeigh and Bartel, who are all getting rested, and Adams is my cover. <laughs> all right, And I'll... you've got no trades. Yeah. And I've got no trades. <laughs> I'll, I'll counter with that one, see if you agree with me. I've got David Zaharakis. He was the hot property at the start of the year. He uh, was yeah. only in 3% of teams, ended up getting up to 17% midway through the year. And I'll just shout out some numbers. 132, 133, 101, 129, 127, 122. And then he's counted that. These are his scores in between that 122. 20, 46, 57, 53. 42 and considerably people would have traded him in as like a cheap upgrade to keep him from the season and they're basically less than rookie numbers that they've had to field and potentially you would have had to have chucked a a Petrarca on the field for him in the midfield and actually score more points for a whole month that's just painful mate Aaron Hall is another one though as you said started like a house on fire and then just dropped off heavily the thing with Aaron Hall was that there was no Gaz, there was no Prestia for a while, there was no Jaeger, there was no Swallow. He was going to have the midfield time. He started getting it. And then what has happened to him in the last four months? He's getting everything we, everything we wanted he was going to improve. And JB, he's just nowhere to be seen. He's just been sucked up by that Bermuda Triangle. Well, it just stinks. I reckon that's the answer. Yeah. All right, we'll jump to the uh, the Skydiver Award. I've already got someone written down for this. The Skydiver Award goes for the uh, Supercoach player that had the biggest fall in their output from last year to this year. I'm going to start it off with David Armitage. He was legitimately a midfield option to start the year. Potentially in your, in your draft leagues, you could have uh, picked him up in the first uh, couple rounds as a, a dead set, one of your midfield guns, averaging 109 last year. He's only averaging 85.6, and you could have yeah. potentially picked him up to start the year. And uh, whereas Jack Stephen has just taken off, uh, stayed where he went off last year, and, and uh, Armitage has just fallen to pieces there, Geary. Uh, yeah, um, he's kind of dropped off. Like, he barely took notice of him this year. Like, 
um, if you hadn't mentioned it, I wouldn't have given Armitage a second thought. Um, my pick was actually uh, Todd Goldstein. Yeah, um, good one. From, from 130, it's just 108. Like, a 108, you're still not going to complain too much about it. But from 130, from an average of 130, you just kind of expected more uh, in a follow-up season. Yeah. Um, I think everyone was caught uh, with that Goldstein injury because he was, he was owned by so many people that... When he was playing through, you just you, you kind of just wish that he took that week off, as we said, to try and get himself yeah. right. Um, but it's just that output compared to being that number one ruck, that perma captain option, down to yeah. just being a, a one of the top two or three rucks rather than that standout, really has brought that output. And say a David Armitage, you don't pick him, you can pick any number of midfielders. Goldstein really is that one that when his output dropped, there was no way you could get those those fantasy numbers back. Yeah. Um, and like, the, if you didn't have Gorn as well, it kind of uh, was a bit of a double double whammy as well. Because Gorn, at, like for most of the season, was a was a viable VCC option uh, this season. Yeah, he's been putting up heaps of one fifties. Probably the, um, other than Dangerfield, the the um, the most one fifty plus scores for the year. Pistol, I'm going to chuck you out the Con Artist Award for showing the greatest preseason form only to revert back to being a terrible player in the season proper. We've already mentioned Jesse Lonergan. We've already mentioned uh, Tommy Sheridan and these guys. Who wins it for you? Who was the biggest con artist of your Supercoach season? I think it still has to stick with Jesse Lonergan. Uh, highest points per minute in the NAB Cup, and then he's listed as a defender, and he's cheap. It just sounds too good to be true, and that's because it was. You put him <laughs> in your team, he just fell to pieces. I mean, I got sucked in. I know a lot of people got sucked in. What can you do? Yeah. Um, it, it, I think everyone got sucked in. I, I can put my hand up and say that I started Jesse Lonergan this year thinking that you know he's going to be... The, the next big thing, Rocket came out and said he's going to get heaps of extended midfield time. He's going to be great. This is uh, the next next big thing um, for our midfield. And then he came out and basically had none of that role that we thought he would and just was absolutely spud their pistol. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, we're still reveling over it. JB, do you have uh, anyone that kind of rivals Jesse Lonergan in the con artist aspect? Aside from my uh, Tommy Sheridan pick that I, I had for the uh, Ferris Bueller one, I don't really. Can I just um, flip back to Skydiver real quickly? Yeah, yeah. I reckon Mundy's a good shout for that one as well. He's had an awful season compared to last, where he's one of the top few midfielders. He put up 116 average last year. And, and he's got 93 this year. Yeah, that is a, literally a skydive. He's fallen off. And uh, with that jump, I'm not even sure he had a parachute there, JB. No, he just dropped, fell, and uh, did not break the landing at all. Yeah. Well, all right. Well, if, if we're going to backtrack to that, considering I didn't get asked, I'm just going to uh, chuck out a man who who went 100 in his last couple of years has gone 102, 102, 98, 103, 95, and this year's gone 64. Who is it? It's Jack Redden, actually. He's oh, wow. almost he threatened, he threatened to be a breakout. He played um, four years in a row without missing a game, averaged – just over 100 even. Um, you know, he, he was going to be a star, moved to West Coast, played 15 games and averages 64. Yeah, that's pretty terrible. Very fair. Very <laughs> fair. All right, we'll jump into the uh, the final award that we're going to dish out for the year. And I've actually uh, named this specifically after you there, George. It's the, uh, the Sean Higgins <laughs> Award for the player that performed so well this season intermittently, but he kept getting injured. I'm going to put up Nick Knapp. He showed all the potential this year. He started off the season with a house on fire. And then the back half of the year, when you think that you've gotten your ruck sorted, you don't have to spend any trades in the ruck. You're absolutely fine with everything's going. You can do upgrades here and there. He's in and out. He's missing games. Do I bring in Lysette? Do I get a Callum Sinclair? Then at the end of the end of the year, as we mentioned, he uh, does his ACL and he's going to miss all of next year, the poor bloke. I, I definitely agree. I had Nick Nat and he, um, he was... He... Oh, it was excellent. I wasn't planning on using a trade in my ruck department at all, which I mean, kind of hurt considering I didn't start Gorn. But um, the fact that he got injured just really threw a spanner in the work, stuffed up my trades. Um, a player that sort of rivals that sort of um, action, I mean, I mean, Gary Ablett, he just uh, he plays like Gary and he just starts looking like himself again and then he pops the shoulder. Uh, uh, it's just really 
disappointing, and we shouldn't really be surprised, but um, he did it again, Gaz. He got everyone to trade him in and then got injured again. But more importantly, like the award is named after, I had Sean Higgins, <laughs> who played well, and got injured. So he's the winner, surely. <laughs> oh mate, that's fantastic! I, I, there's absolutely no sympathy here because Sean Higgins no, always gets injured. You should have known that. Yeah, I know. Yeah. It's, it's killed my season, to be honest. <laughs> I could have had Zorko. I traded in Higgins. <laughs> you traded him in. I never got around to getting to Zorko either, so I just got Higgins, and then it's just killed me. So yeah, no, oh, obviously oh, disapp- disappointing, Geary. Who was the uh, the injury that impacted your year, the Sean Higgins Award for you? Um, the Sean Higgins Award for me uh, has gone to uh, one of his teammates, actually, um, Daniel Wells. Oh, um, why is that? Uh, he, like, he just gets uh, injured at the most, uh, in, like, the most inopportune times. Uh, he's missed five games this season. I mean, he's, Daniel Wells, he's had an absolutely fantastic season, but he just misses games at the most inopportune times. Uh, I actually lost um, quite a few uh, league games because of uh, not being able to... Like, I was able to cover him, but nowhere near to the extent that, you know, you're making up the points that Daniel Wells was scoring. Yeah, I, I was lucky to, to give him the flick before he did that that second injury, so I can absolutely feel where you're coming for. Pistol, your Sean Higgins Award, your injury that was the worst thing that happened to you this season, injury-wise. I think uh, you said that it was four players that perform well and then they got injured and uh, unfortunately no one in my team performed well so I can't have a nomination. <laughs> oh, so I've that. got no one for you. Yeah, no, obviously, I, mate, I've seen your team. It's not actually that bad. Like, if the, the they weren't all injured, you'd be right. I think maybe that's a Marcus Adams for you, you think? <laughs> Probably Marcus Adams. I, I had so many injuries. What about the season best. even? It just... Just killed it. Maybe maybe Robbie Gray. Um, I had him t- at the start. He popped out some big 130s for memory. And then he got suspended instead. And then I can't really quite remember what happened, but I had to trade <laughs> him out. And that was uh, the end of my season in, like, round four. <laughs> you, you've, you're hitting the cans a bit hard because you were already disappointed with how many trades you were burning through. Basically, when you, <laughs> when you, when you have Fife, Rockcliffe, and Gray to start the season... Um, and and JJ as well. You've already burnt four trades on injuries in the first four weeks. You're just season over. And then Ablett. <laughs> oh, everyone. There was there was many more in between. But you got one of the best round seven teams we'll ever see, Peter. But that's when you ran out of trades. So, <laughs> as far as it went. Yeah, my team did actually peak at round seven. So very astute. <laughs> Oh dear, we've got the this Dr. Supercoach League uh, grand final this week. Um, I love Miller Damon's team. Uh, got through no prior opportunity from Nathan. Uh, won uh, two four hundred and twelve over two thousand three hundred and forty six. Uh, turned down for Watts by Lachlan. Uh, just was short to Squishy Academy on Brian. So Damon and Brian going head to head in the grand final. And uh, because I happened to finish last in the uh, the. Dr. Supercoach League this week, guys, uh, this year. The winner of our admin league brought in the rule that the winner of the admin league gets to rename the team that finished last. So the coach, I'm going to have to go into next year with a a team name decided by our premier. And uh, I'm just so glad it's not you choosing it, JB, because that would make me a little bit scary. I've got some ideas. Yeah, I, I, I imagine you do. I, I'm hoping that I can get on Damon O'Brien's uh, good side just to, to try and uh, get a half-decent name this year. I'm going to have to start doing some sucking up. Yeah, definitely get the brownie points. Yeah. yeah. Well, considering they've got six months to think of it too, it really, really, really worries me. <laughs> I think there could be a bit oh, of boy. a play on words, a bit of Darcy Parish, uh, a bit of yeah. uh, Asada problems with Essendon. I think it could be uh, a very difficult I'm just... year for me next year. I'm just shocked that you finished below Peter. It's, it's yeah. Gone baffling. Well, you're talking about rank on total points. I'm above gearing. I'm above Pete. I'm absolutely yeah. nipping at your heels. I'm only 130 behind you. Uh, it, 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 it could be a, a bit of a talking point uh, come uh, this time next week with the, uh, this, the looking forward to 2017 podcast. I could be jumping ahead of everyone. You are. You are. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, that pretty much uh, wraps up our, our group wrestle tonight. 
Um, I'm going to go put my shirt on. Yeah, I've got to put my pants on as well. <laughs> I'm leaving mine off. <laughs> Look, it's been absolutely a pleasure working along you guys, along with you guys this year. It's been uh, so much fun being able to bring the podcast to life. And uh, Pistol, a special mention goes to you. Obviously, I get to spend most Thursdays and uh, Friday mornings hassling you with podcast stuff and chatting away. And um, those nights where it was bloody computers not working, one o'clock in the morning, just stressing balls, it's all worth it, mate. It was good fun. Oh, thanks very much. And thanks uh, for, to you as well, just for organising uh, a lot of the podcast stuff, getting those awesome intros early in the season, which everybody loved. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? You're just a, a good bloke. So <laughs> thanks very much for oh, that. Thanks, mate. Yeah, once once the missus gets a hold of you, you don't get as much time as you like to do the uh, the intro. So luckily we had that, uh, that backup mu- music there for the intro. JB, lovely being uh, king of Doc Supercoach, uh, Keeping us all in line there, mate. Uh, really enjoy your work. And Geary, absolutely fantastic you're having on the pod. We're finally uh, expanding it out. Four on a pod, I think, is the, the most we've had so far this year. Yeah. yeah Love a good uh, force. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely fantastic. Shame we couldn't get Damon on for a fiver, but, uh, yeah, we'll we'll look into that later on. Yeah, and Harry, there's some, there's some really good uh, advice going around. And uh, Jackson Jacoby again. Better, better give him another shout out. He was still uh, hiding up in the hiding in the top two hundred. Um, uh, Doctor Supercoach uh, Admin League still hovering at about sixty overall. Uh, will be a little bit interesting. I think uh, Pete Pete's taking over from me and uh, being the uh, bottom tier, bringing it down there, Pistol. Oh, and there's nothing I can do about it, which is the worst thing. So, um, sorry, everybody. I think without me in the league, we'd be sitting around uh, the top twenty mark. So. Oh, yeah, it's been, it's been tough. Yeah. Uh, well, it's going Don't to be interesting. <laughs> We've got I Love Miller from uh, Damon. He's gone and done it. Daniel didn't make it into the uh, the deep into the finals for us, but he's sitting at 500th overall. Damon at uh, 497. And Nathan, no prior opportunity, sitting at uh, 667. So um, it sounds like the wrong people are doing the podcast here, boys. Yeah. Oh, Daniel's not even on the page anymore, so... <laughs> not sure he'd be in line for a podcast deal. Oh, jeez, mate. <laughs> he, he's he, taking taking his talents anywhere. Yeah, he's going to South Beach. He's taking yeah. his talents to South Beach. Oh, disappointing. Yeah. It, it, it's we're going to have to have to have a little bit of a chat because uh, uh, sneaking into the finals this year, Houston. Uh, I think has uh, copied Squishy Academy's uh, shield. They've got got the same. Uh, Bloody Captain America Shield going on for their team. I, I don't know what that's all about. Yeah, no surprises. It's uh, <laughs> a very favourable shield. You see it in most leagues, and just no originality about them. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, they had a slightly more original team than I did. Um, very, <laughs> <laughs> very disappointing. Are we going to get some uh, Wingardium Leviosa just to, you know, open the do- the, the doors to Supercoach uh, wisdom there, Jordan, do you think? Well, probably not based on my season, <laughs> but um, I've gone to the <laughs> Premier League now with Wijnaldum Leviosa, so I've kept the name going and focusing on that now since my, my season. <laughs> yeah. I'd just like to give a shout-out to... All our community, everyone that donated this year, we raised over uh, $1,200 for cancer. Um, huge. It's absolutely huge. Like To just be mucking around um, with fantasy football, something that we do in our spare time and just enjoy so much. It's just it's such a good feeling being part of something that we're all part of, part of it being out to um, raise money for a good cause and... Um, it's absolutely fantastic. I thank every single one of you, and each of you guys here that's put in time to to advertise it and talk about it, and just make cancer awareness um, just ev- to get everyone involved and uh, the community aware yeah. that you know this is the lighter side of life. There are people going through tough times, and anything that we can do to help is is fantastic. There, JB. Look, especially the um, pistol as well, who actually set up the whole initiative and. Uh, it, it was all his idea, and it's just it's such an amazing thing that we've taken on this year, and it will definitely carry into next year. And uh, to everyone that's donated, just we couldn't be more thankful, and um, I'm so, sure the money's gone to a, an amazing place. Yeah. 
Awesome, guys. I'm going to wrap everything up because I think Pistol's got to head off to uh, um, cut the lemons for his basketball team for half-time. Uh, <laughs> uh, cut the lemons. Cut the, cut the oranges. I wouldn't be eating lemons, lemons. at half-time, that's for sure. It's <laughs> all right. We're not a very good team, so they won't know. <laughs> Maybe maybe give him incentive. If you score 10 points this quarter, you don't have to suck on the lemons. <laughs> That's right, actually guys. the highlight of the game. <laughs> what, when you reach 10 points or when you get to suck on the lemons? I think, yeah, the, le- the lemons. <laughs> right, we don't, we don't get to 10 points. <laughs> yeah, no, disappointing. Uh, Doc Supercoach will be doing a, a few podcasts over the the off season. Bit of a, a look forward to 2017 next week. Uh, we'll be doing some draft recaps, how that might influence us Supercoach-wise, what pickups we should be thinking of, maybe a titch if he goes to Carlton, depending where he re-signs, gets that inside mid-roll. Uh, going to be interesting. We'll keep involved. Thanks for the year, community. Thanks. Thank you.